Hello, welcome back to Always Very Always. This episode is just your boy Mark Anthony uh, recording by himself because uh, Dantes uh, tragically, uh, you know, uh, was in a plane crash this past week. And, uh, you know, I'm being kind of casual how I'm bringing this up. And it's not no in memoriam segment about this because, in my opinion, it's really not that serious. Uh, because I ordered about, like when I heard the news, I ordered about four four or five Monster Reborns from eBay. So whenever those come in, I'm sure I can just go to the site. I think it's somewhere in like the Himalayan mountains. I just take me a plane over there, find the crash site, use the Monster Reborns. I have to use a multiple because, you know, he could be really like eviscerated or whatever. And, you know, I'll just get him back and maybe like two weeks from now or whatever, you'll hear him back on the podcast because I know you miss him so dearly. And, um... And yeah, so but you're not going to hear him for this episode or uh, episode six, but he should be back on for episode seven. Uh, so, but don't don't click off right now. I think I could carry a podcast on my own. Oh, excuse me. I'm getting a text right now. Excuse me. I, this could be important. Talking about talking. My sister texted me talking about I'm getting an Xbox today. I don't care about that. Uh, but anyways, I had like a whole list of things I want to talk about and I'm going to talk about him anyway, even though he's not here. Um, I've been reading a book lately, um, like, uh, by these two intellectual titans, by the name of Timothy Snyder and Michael Eric Dyson. They co-wrote a book titled the quintessential blackness of Adolf Hitler. It's an amazing read in my opinion. And I read it like cover to cover twice. I'm on a third read right now. And it's a strong recommend for me. Um, and I, I was thinking, like, what do I categorize this perspective into? Because, you know, there's like, uh, you know, a Marxist perspective or a neoclassical or neoliberal or neoconservative or uh, um, stuff like that. A neo a neo accumulated uh, perspective. Um, but there's also like this, like academic type stuff. But it's also like on the Internet. There's there's political content that is groups that gets grouped into like a larger Larger, larger political content nexus like on youtube there's like bread tube and shit there's the intellectual dark web um but i would say i would title this tradition that this book is in is like the x videos of the brain universe this book is giving us that grimy shit that people really want but should people really be consuming this i don't know it's not it's not for me to say but it's provocative it gets the people going um, anyways, I would like to read, uh, this book's account of the Munich agreement and I might, you know, f- fair warning, not on, only am I, you know, I have a learned disability when it comes to reading, it's most part fine, but also there's going to probably be some bad British accents that I'm going to like hover in and out of because naturally I read some of these words, um, you know, I might slip into a British accent and it's going to be bad because I can't really do accents. I can't even really do a New Orleans accent. I've been living here my whole entire life. <clears throat> it was September 29th, 1938. There was a chill in the air that usually did a number on white skin this time of the year. But as Hitler always told his inner circle, black don't crack. In this room were some of the most powerful men on the planet ready to change history forever. Although the scheduling of the meeting had been abrupt, aristocratic party planners from all the member countries tried to make this the iconic event of the year. At the day of the meeting, there was a a big like like basketball style like entrance for all the for all the representatives of each respective country, and they they're playing the song. They're playing jog jams actually. Uh, I think jog jams was by Werner von Braun, that musician, um, and they're playing "Whoop There It Is." So imagine that in the background here. Um, but anyways, uh, the announcer says, from the great British Empire, Neville Chamberlain and his handy assistant, Macker. Hailing from the Third Republic of France, Prime Minister and lifetime mime, Edouard Deladier. And on the fascist side of the meeting, there was... The one, the only, Benito, Andrea Mussolini, a.k.a. El Duce, a.k.a. Benito Chan, a.k.a. the motherfucker, to end all motherfuckers. They call him the Iron Prefect. I call him Iron Mr. Perfect. The crowd of adoring fans are going crazy, not for the people who just came by, but in anticipation 
for their favorite guy. Coming to a hall of power near you. It's the Furious Fuhrer, the Iron Wolf of the Fatherland, the man with the plan, Adolf Hitler. The crowd explodes, babies, panties, fishnets all flying in the air as dignitaries go into the building and shut the door behind them. They all sit down and prepare their force, their, I mean, prepare their points, sorry. See, I can't really, I, I don't be on that reading shit. <clears throat> so, Mr. Etla, it is our understanding that you two mad lads speak a bit of English. So, uh, I left the translators outside on groupie gathering duty. Uh, then Mussolini replies, Si hablo con fluidez tu gran idioma. Okay, Benito. That's not English, but it's fine. You're just here for the photo op anyways, says Neville. This meeting of the network stars here isn't about the Sudetenland or Czechoslovakia as a whole, or even the philosophical question of sovereignty. It's about how we're going to take down those Soviets. Damn right, they nationalized my sex doll factory and now it's been converted to a tractor factory. What type of shit is that, says Macker. You can't fuck a tractor and pretend it's Eleanor of Aquitaine. What are they going to build next, tanks? Quiet down, Macker. And keep your hands on the table. Anyways, Etla, me and Mr. Deladier here, who can't talk because he's uh, apparently that mime thing was a little serious, so he can't talk at all. Um, but anyway, we're here offering you uh, a chance of a lifetime. We'll give in to any of your territorial demands on the condition you commit to a, a full-scale invasion of the Soviet Union. What you say, Etla? Hmm. All right. All right. Okay. I get to pop off on some Asiatic hordes and y'all gonna let me let an Aryan nigga do his thing? Wait, bruv. You don't speak English with a German accent. What is? What was that? Who taught you English? English is my native tongue. All that Teutonic forcefulness I'm serving in my speeches is just to get the people on my side. Man, I don't be talking like that. I had this code switch for these Volkish crackers. The people only want one type of nigga to rise. Somebody devoid of realness. People want truth through a surreal nigga, not a, a surreal nigga, an ethereal nigga, not a real nigga. Although I'm doing my thing in Germany right now, I'm originally from Atlanta. Check my family is West Indian in origin, and that's where I got the, all the Aryan ideas from. You know, spitting that game. My mind is on a on a Sudetenland right now, but my heart's in Montego Bay. I'm trying to go back one of these days and get my groove smooth. You heard? Uh. Everyone's in shock, uh, apparently, because Mr. Deladier is just making a bunch of hand signs. No one can really understand. And Macker's hands is slowly going under the table. But the shock is felt. Well, there's quite a cannonball of information there, Etla. But your secret's safe with us, says Neville Chamberlain. And I'll let you in on something. My friend Macker over there is addicted to wanking it. And my name really isn't Neville Chamberlain. It's Kent Paul. Ooh, Vicky. Ooh, Vicky. Ooh, Vicky. Maka, stop choking your gecko, you mentalist. We're here trying to negotiate with Hitler over here. Anyways, Hitler, whatever you want, just invade that Soviet Union. Hitler nods in agreement almost sinisterly. And the meeting's basically adjourned. Teladier feels like a prick because no one was hearing all his complex uh, negotiating tactics through his uh, mimations. And Benito is just staring at the wall, not really knowing what to say, seeing he doesn't understand a lick of what anyone was trying to say that whole time. But now we go to the press conferences, the Hitler Munich negotiations press conference. And uh, they all get up on the podium. And the first question that was asked was, what will be the fate of Czechoslovakia? Hitler replies, Das Reich des Eisens wird wieder über Böhmen herrschen. Oh, the crowd, the fans in the audience, you know, they're going wild outside the building. They're going wild uh, in the press. They ask another question. Another guy comes up. Will you comment on the rumors you have one nut? Es geht nicht so sehr darum, dass ich eine Nuss habe. Sounded er einen super Nuss, die die Kraft von drei Nussen hat. The women are going crazy. They didn't know that was that was that was a bombshell right there. They could not this blown people not uh, blown people's minds back then. You know I'm editorializing here. 
you know, I'm not reading completely out of the book, because you know, again, reading disability. But you know, put yourself there. If some, if your country's leaders told you he had a super noose, or in our language, a super knot that is worth three knots, you know, I'm be like, man, bust inside me, dude, bust inside me, Hitler. That's a powerful knot right there. I like to feel that. Anyway, there was one more question that was asked: The Soviet republics be killing you. Would you ever fight one of them? Okay, love. This press conference is over. Neville interjects, and uh, Neville and uh, Macker make one last overture to Hitler because they never got a verbal agreement. He just nodded. So Chamberlain says, "Well, Hitler, bruv, take whatever you want, but invade the Union, love." So that was that. But before everyone went, those aristocratic party planners made sure to have a great closer, and it is rapper E Forty. Performing his new song Anschluss. And here's uh, just a couple lines from it here, and I'm gonna try to perform it because you know there's no recording of it, I don't think. So I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to like try to do my best to imitate what it could have been. I ain't Captain Save a Ho or Captain Save a Country. I took Austria because that's where my lunch be. Hitler got the crowd like yup. He got the Jews and the commies like nope. Vermont is ready to go. Train tanks trained to blow. And artillery. <laughs> I fucked that up. Oh, fuck. My bad. Vermont is ready to go. Tanks trained to blow. And the artillery shooting higher than the neck of a flamingo. You know, I didn't do, do the best there. I didn't do the best, but you get the point. Um, And yeah, that's just what I wanted to read from you. I don't know if you liked it, but I love shit like that. You know, personally. Um... Yeah, it's a great book and it goes really in depth. It starts like uh, in like 1914 and it goes all the way to about 1958, which is when Hitler actually dies. Um, uh, but also that's ha- also happens to be the year when all like the uh, uh, all the revisionism, the historical revisionism on Hitler uh, being a black icon also happens. So it's tough out here. You know, the worst thing about death isn't dying on the pain of death or losing on things you loved or just uh, knowing that you're going to hell or anything like that. It's really having uh, your, your, your iconicness being away from history. That's what I'm afraid of, even though I don't have any yet, but I can really sympathize and empathize and plagiarize with Hitler on that one. So um, yeah, that, that's that. Hope, hopefully you like that. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but I would like to say now that E40 is the official rapper of Always Very Always. He's always coming up with new music, and it's never it's never bad. It's always exactly what you expect. Just that solid E40 stuff, being himself, doing his thing. I always enjoy E40. He's only, he's one of the few rappers we got going right now. And I guess it's partially because he started in the '90s or late '80s that I, I actually enjoy. I'm not like an anti-rap type of guy, but the prevalence of all the trap derivative stuff. It's it can suck me off. I hate that. So when people still got, you know, there's a little bit of the trap hi hat bullshit in his music, a little bit, but there's still that that early '90s, you know, West Coast stuff that I that I'm into, that offbeat West Coast stuff that I'm into. Um, and I was thinking, like, oh, I should have probably have an example. Talk about E40. I should have like another example of one of his like favorite verses. Uh, of mine, so I'm gonna say it right here. Do you drive Maserati? You pee use the potty? Can you do it right beside me? I need some help. Can you drive me? Let's go to In and Out. Can you drive me? I'm acting slush like a libertarian. <laughs> I'm acting slush like a libertarian guy with a Polynesian wife. You know, I fucked up the songs, but I don't care. I don't care. You know, I'll do it one more time. I'll do it one more time. Get a, get a clean rip of that if you want to put it over a B for me. Do you drive a Maserati? You pee use a potty? Can you do it right beside me? I need some help. Can you drive me? Let's go to in and out Can you drive me? I'm acting sus like libertarian guys with Polynesian wives. And I'm gone. Yeah, that's my favorite E40 verse. Um. So, yeah, what's some other... Some other I was gonna. I, I I was pretty busy this week, so I couldn't write like a bunch of jokes or write that that real like 
the most racist anti-black joke that was I, that Dante took me up on. It doesn't matter now because he's not here, um, but his soul is listening. So, uh, but the other day, I think it was yesterday, uh, my sister sent me a Gary Owen video, and uh, you know, the, the only white boy to do it to be to have a uh, that special place in the black comedy, like to be like no one's saying oh. I guess people probably did say like, oh, honorary black guy, but he has the ideal racial thing of like, he he's not trying to be black, but there's no whiteness to him. So he's just like, we judging him on his uh, individual traits. I don't know. It's a fucking dumb thing to say. This is why I have to make jokes because all my genuine opinions are fucking stupid. But anyways, I wanted my sister talking about, am I just sensitive or is this extremely racist? So I think... I already watched this video, but I'm going to play it again right here, and you can hear it, so, uh, yeah, let's do this. Both my boys, both my boys like white girls. Me both too. They both like white girls. Me too. But my daughter likes black guys. I do too. <sighs> Wait a second, black guys are fine. I'm a black guy kind of. What's wrong with that? You have a problem with me, Gary Owen? Oh, uh, she's going to make me work. What? I'm a nice guy. What are you talking about? I wish you'd bring a little white kid home. I could punk a white kid. What the fuck? Sorry, sir. I don't know about that. Well, yeah, fuck that. I, I'm not kid. back. What the fuck? What the fuck, sir? Yeah, exactly. I'm standing up to your bitch ass racist ass. See what you did there, young man. Yeah, fuck you. No, we went to her, her first homecoming dance last year, right? You know? Big ass brother asked her out too. Big ass brother. I mean, this kid. Oh, I'm a big ass six, brother. Seven, I'm 6'7. Six, seven. 15 years old. That ain't Same normal, thing, same thing. Right? I'm not 15, though. But I will say this. The young man that took my daughter to homecoming, his parents are raising him right. Because his mom parents. and dad made him call me to ask permission. Man, to I would never call your so bitch ass. I'm fucking that shit. I'm fucking that shit raw one on homecoming night. Because I've done that a couple times. No condom when I was 15. And other thing, I could see some of these women. I could smell the bitch and their father from their sin. And I'm pretty sure Gary Owens fucking daughter... I could smell the bitch in it. She, she probably won. She, I mean, I never seen her daughter, seen his daughter. I'm misgendering a proud white man. I should never do something like that. But I, I could sense that his type of fucking. I was about to say something. <laughs> I'm about to reference a person that no one, none of you fucking know. Let's let's finish the video. Fucking dumbass. Both my boy. But yeah, that's racist, and uh, I, don't, I don't stand for that. Is it funny? Um, maybe. Um. I mean, not really, but, um, uh, yeah, I'm like very offended by that because what's wrong with six, seven, two seventy guys. It's like, that's a, that's the type of guy you want your, your, your daughter to have because he, like, if you've been like the biggest kid your entire life, like by a wide margin, like I hit six foot, like I think in sixth grade, um, something like that. And when I play football, you know, I've always was over there, the weight limit until they didn't have a weight limit in high school, stuff like that. So naturally, you know, when people are roughhousing, you have to you have that one incident in your life where like, oh, shit, I I got to be aware of my size, not just in sports and athletics. I have to be aware of my size all the time because just one little one little thing. I'm breaking somebody's fucking leg. I sneeze too hard. I'm headbutting someone in the back of their skull and now they got they got a cerebral hematoma and they don't know if they're gonna be able to walk again you know stuff like that you know happened to me a lot as a kid it took me a lot of those types of situations for me to learn but that's it so that's what i'm saying is after a while when you hit that 15 16 17 year old age you have become you become comfortable and like super careful with how i use your body because you know you're so big and powerful and you want i think a guy who has uh, a large lad with like a, a carefulness about him. He's not going to hurt your girl, in my opinion. And if you see a big guy who's like, you know, a big oaf, doesn't care how he walks, doesn't care if he knocks somebody around, doesn't care whatever about how he carries himself, then, yeah, you know that guy's no good. But most of us big fellas, most of us, you know, uh, like six, seven folk, um, I think we're pretty gentle guys most of the time, but uh, I want to stay on the uh, comedy tip 
um, the, the comedy glands, if you will, because the extension of this that I had like converse, a text conversation with my sister about was that if you made like you could make an anti-black joke and black people just eat it up. Yeah, I'm a nigga. Yeah, I'm Sambo. Yeah, I got big, red, juicy lips and I'm aggressive and I got latent aggression because of slavery and white people. And I want my 40 acres in a mule, honey. I get you. Tell them jokes. Tell them jokes about me. Parod- parody my whole people, you know. Girl, I'm fin I'm finna go to comedy club and laugh about George Floyd. Mm-hmm. I'm about to have a good ass time. I'm gonna laugh at these tragedies, girl. Girl, I got my hair did, all this stuff. Fin finna laugh about fucking Huey he- he- Newton getting shot. Um But if they say one gay joke, if they say one homophobic joke, they make fun of fun of like, you know, black big black men walking around limp wristed. Or uh, niggas on a down low, we ain't accepting that. Cause there's never such, there's no such thing as a black gay dude. And anyone who slanders our proud people with having a, a, a homo in our ranks, we 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 shoot not the place. We shoot not the place. Cause homophobia, it goes both ways. We ain't allowing no homophobic jokes, but we also not gonna let you slander us by saying that we got gay one of us. We niggas, but we ain't fags. Anyways. That's a little rant by me. I'm sort of a ranty type of guy. You might say, oh, that's nonsensical. You're a dumbass. Or why did I pay for this Patreon? But, you know, I don't know. I don't fucking know. It's hard to do a show by yourself. But uh, I don't get prank calls or something. It's like, uh, yeah, I'm Mike. You Mike what? Mike long dick in your ass? Like, what does that mean? Like, why does, why do you, I know it's supposed to be my long dick in your ass, but it's like, all you're missing is a apostrophe s and that's just you could have just said that you could have just you could have just called the person and the first thing you said was mike long's dick in your ass and then hung up that's you know that, i mean it's not funny either but i don't know it just seemed like you took you took the scenic route to get to the same thing because you know i mean i wouldn't say mike long because that seems a little a little like that's nobody's that's not too many people's name i would pick I'll, if i did a prank call i'd be like i'll pick up the phone and say, hey Terry Bradshaw's dick in your ass and then hang up. No, actually, I'd probably leave like a long silence, but keep it on. Keep the phone call under 30 seconds because that's when the wiretap starts recording or something. I don't know. I saw that on like an episode of Law and Order. Like it wasn't on the wire because that's probably why I think it's fake. But they said like it had the call. I mean, I saw on the Sopranos. The call has to go over 30 seconds for the recording to fucking work or whatever. I don't know, maybe it was some old technology from Law and Order episode from 15 years ago. But anyways, I don't get prank calls. They just seem like, hey, did you know that you're gay? Did you know that you're a limp-wristed prick? And it's like, I don't, is this fun? It seems something that like a nine-year-old would enjoy, which nine-year-olds do enjoy. But I guess I was an old soul. I was an old soul. I was listening to John Coltrane, Duke Ellington. And uh, not enjoying prank calls. I'm an old soul. I'm an old soul. I enjoyed George Carlin. I enjoyed George Carlin. And um, and not being a good time to hang out with. Because I'm an old soul. Um, I was thinking though. And I had this idea many years ago. But I never fleshed it out. And I still haven't. But I still want to introduce the idea. And just start the dialogue. Start the, the conversation about getting a stand-up comedy 2k23 i know it's a little late now so maybe we should shoot for a stand-up comedy 2k24 um there are stand-up comedy games there was one that popped off about five years ago i want to say where you know you can get online and you you know you talk through your mic on you know plug into your computer or webcam audio and you could tell jokes to like other players that are online and they would be like the audience and then they could like rate your jokes or something rate your set and it's like okay that's a cool idea but let's take it one let's yes and this bit <laughs> get it like comedy get it um let's just and this this game idea and let's go fucking full boss to the wall and like any good game there is no social element to this at all um well, there'll be a social element of it, but just to have it there, just to fucking trick the rubes into buying micro micro transactions and then 
them them complaining about getting exactly what they paid for. Um. Anyways, oh, you might notice I'm very pro business with a lot of stuff. I'm not like a right wing type of guy. Um. But I just feel like you just can't. You, I'm just like I'm anti consumer. I'm pro human. Yeah, it's not that I'm I'm a uh, pro business. I'm anti consumer. Because people fucking do a lot of dumb shit. They think they're going to get happiness out of buying dumb shit. And yeah, you can. But people are just dumb shoppers a lot of time. Um, If you're going to like... uh, If your free time, your Freizeit, if you speak a little German, is defined by like buying things to entertain yourself or like try to... Like, actualize yourself in some way. I don't fucking know. It's just like, yeah, you're a dummy. I don't know. Some people think that, oh, if they just buy VC, have a 99 overall player, they'll eventually, like, get something out of that on the other side besides just just shooting a bunch of threes on the park. Or, like, what do you think that all this, like, microtransaction bullshit is going to ever manifest itself into? I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe I got the wrong opinion. It wouldn't be the first time. But anyway, stand-up comedy 2K24. I think the setup would be, and this is a single-player focused game. And what I really want to talk on this time is not so much the gameplay, but I care about the ratings and assessing ratings to actual comedians to give you a grasp. So these are some of the stats that you could have... Uh, you know, you can have a zero to 99. We ain't doing that 25 bottom shit. Like 25 to 99 ratings, like two, like the reg, the NBA 2K. You should have a zero on some of these things. I've known people with zero three-pointer. You know, they'll never make a three-pointer. And never have. But these are the different attributes, I should say. <clears throat> Sorry. Mm. Mm. Got a little, got a little gas. <laughs> Ugh, I swear. I'm sorry about that guy, guys. Uh, it's the first attribute is funny. We also got setup, clean, dirty, improvisation, punchline, tag, unique, intelligence, and charisma. I threw this together like in 15 minutes, but you could probably think of some more attributes. Or you know, a lot of times stuff that you might think of, there would be badges. So like the there are people who should have like a misdirection badge. Maybe that shouldn't be uh, an attribute. Um, something like that. Uh, so let's take example Dave Chappelle, and we're not talking about the current Dave Chappelle. We're talking about prime killing them softly, Dave Chappelle. You know, two thousand two thousand one. To funny, we're giving him, we're giving him like a ninety funny. We're giving him a ninety five setup. We're giving him a 65 clean. I would say I will give him. What would that be? Well, I give. I will give him a 95 dirty. Uh, improvisation. I will give him like a 60 something improvisation, a 70 improvisation. I will give him a 90 punchline. Uh, an 80 tag somewhere in that range. Um. Like an 80, 85 unique, 80 intelligence, 95 charisma. And uh, since I didn't write that down, I don't know what that average is out into. Because the averages, unlike, uh, the, I mean, the overall ratings will not be like the NBA 2K where it's like, it's not the average of all your attributes. It's some other fucking, it's the amount of upgrades you have. And you reach a certain threshold of attribute upgrades you reach 99 um but i would say in this game what matters the most and what matters in stand-up comedy in real life is charisma charisma matters so much more than than really anything else if you have 90 charisma and 50 funny you'll be a millionaire in this business you have a hit podcast you'll you're all your tiktok comedy clips are gonna blow the fuck up that's to me that's what i don't want to point anyone out here but like the chris the type of guy would be and 
I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't feel like pointing out comedians in particular, but you could, you could tell the difference that there's, there's a lot of comedians with the charisma stat up, not 99 charisma, uh, but they don't have the funny up or the technique up. Technique should probably also be an attribute as well, but I just want to start the conversation, start the dialogue and keep this going. And, uh, maybe we could talk about more of this next week when Dantes is, uh, uh, reincarnated. Um, but I want to talk about Zoomer Final Destination 6 because they they found Destination, they haven't had another entry, a new entry since 2011 when I was Final Destination 5. And, you know, I've watched a couple, I watched Final Destination 4 or 5 because I think that was the one where, like, the girl was driving behind, like, a lumber truck and one of the pieces of lumber, like, fell off and went through her windshield and, like, smashed her skull. Uh, so, something like that. I think in Final Destination 1, and there was a scene where a guy had a dream about his plane crashing. About like his, he had a dream that not, he was going to be a part of 9-11. And then he was like, man, should I go on a plane or not? He goes on a plane anyway. And then he ends up becoming one of the hijackers and drives the the plane to the Twin Towers. Um, So that was pretty dope. So Final Destination 6, we're going to make it like Gen Z infused and some of like the Gen Z style deaths that you do see or that could possibly happen. And we're also going to have we're going to harken back to old style of deaths as well. One of those old style deaths would be like a Final Destination style death that actually did happen. We're going to pay homage to in this movie was like the 10 American and British soldiers who were POWs in Hiroshima who died in the in the in the atomic bomb, atomic bombing. No, no, Legay, pretty fucked up. That's some found up to me. That's Final Destination Six type shit to me. But some Zoomer type stuff is like to prank someone on the street and they get a heart attack, um, stuff like that. The inverse of that was like what did happen once was like someone like was in a a scream mask and had a knife and like was like pretending to threaten to murder them and that guy. That was getting pranked, pulled out his gun and shot the prankster like six times. And his last words were like, it was just a prank, bro. And then nigga died. Um, real, real Gen Z type shit. Um, also, I think it'd be a funny one. Uh, would be like either a stealth, one of those stealth bombers that flies above. Like there's a little flower before the NFL games just like the guy sneezes and he accidentally drops a full pay- payload of bombs over a football stadium. Like he's flying, he's flying over. Or you could do the Anola Gate to celebrate like the whatever anniversary of defeating Japan, like on the first week of the NFL season. And it's like the original Anola Gay. They took it out of a museum and they actually fly it over the stadium. And and they have like a since we we have all these like high tech nuclear warheads that are like. 300 times as powerful as the original atomic bomb that we dropped on Japan. They actually have like an old atom bomb attached to it. So <laughs> why they do this? Because they were like, oh, we got to tribute history. Um, but they accidentally, it accidentally, <laughs> it accidentally drops and the atom bomb uh, falls in the stadium. That's a final destination six. We gotta make Final Destination Six more of more of a comedy, you know. Um, my opinion. And the last one is like we're gonna have a scenario where like Slenderman, Slenderman, he he just moved to New Orleans and he's driving home from work and he drives over what he thinks is a puddle, since he doesn't know who what New Orleans is. You know, he's new here. He thinks it's a puddle, but it's actually a sixty foot uh deep pothole, and he uh he drowns. And it'll be very cathartic for all those. All those people who were terrorized by Slenderman um, for so many years, you know. So, you know, again, just get just getting just getting the dialogue started on that. You could tell me some of your Final Destination Six ideas. I'm working on a script, and hopefully, I can get some money from uh, selling it, and then directors and actors and editors butchering the fuck out of my glorious ideas. Um, but anyway, I stuck mentioned football a couple times, and I do have a mind for football. I do remember that uh, one time my dad was coaching a flag football team of like eight year old. He didn't tell me it was eight years at the time. We weren't living in the same city. He just called me and said, yeah, I'm a, I'm a coach for a flag football team. Can you send me some plays? 
you know, that you think would be successful. So I'm writing all this like complex. At the time, I knew more about football. Shit, I forgot a lot of stuff. All like this complex motion and like rub routes and and uh, like clear out routes and like subtle ways to like beat like a flag football cover two type shit. You know, a lot of drag routes, a lot of overs, a lot of like a back shoulder throws. I sent it to him. I text him and the game. Like I sent it out like at three. He said the other games at six. The next day he tells me, he's like, yeah, we could we couldn't really run those plays because they're a bunch of eight year olds. I'm like, oh, what the fuck? Why? Why? Why'd you let me fucking install, you know, like trying to install my shitty version of an NFL offense for these like eight year olds? I'm going to have little Timmy over there trying to try and do his best Tyler Eifert impression. Um, and then whoever the whoever's the quarterback, you know, is going to have a hard time making those back shoulder throws with his like like prepubescent fucking arm arm strength. Um, anyways, also in football news, apparently some dumb bitch said uh, that being a lineman requires no skill. And I hate I wish she sees wrong because, you know, I called her a dumb bitch. That's enough. That, that's my argument. Um, but anyways, I, I hate how they call like they, they say skill position. But like all the positions require skills. Like if you could be I'm maybe I'm thinking about this completely wrong. But like if you could be good or bad at something. Doesn't that require I mean, doesn't that intimate that there's a skill involved, at least, or, or, I mean, it doesn't have to be a bunch of skills, like a quarterback, whole bunch of skills you have to conglomerate together to make a good quarterback. But, like, to be a good cashier, there's only, like, one thing you ought to be good at, you know? But it still takes skill. I wouldn't say being a cashier takes no skill. It's just one skill, and it's not that hard to master. Um, Same thing with, like, alignment. Although, you know, being a right tackle is not a, that that takes a lot of different skills, a lot of different uh, attributes, agility, light on your feet. You need uh, you need like perfect hand placement. Sometimes with these better rushers, you got to predict spins to the inside. You got to be able to like stamp out those wide nine techniques from like curling it into a into pressure from behind from the like, you know, and some of that. Uh, like you got to be able to like on run plays, like if you're running a zone like a zone run, you got to be able to make that block, make that far block and get that separation for your dude. If it's power and you're a guard, you got to know how to, you got to have that timing perfect on the pool. Um, there's a lot more to that as well. If it's, you know, all these different types of runs, even if it's like a basic, oh, we're, also, we're all just going to fall forward and then a guy's, then the running back's going to jump over. You got to, you know, not just timing and like knowing a stab count, you know, but it's like, you got to know where to push the guy in front of you. You you know, you got to maintain leverage. You got to have that body control and want to control someone else's body. It's a skill that, you know, I played football and I was just some big lunk. Um, you know, I had defensive skills and defensive line, but no one wanted me to play that. Um, so they made me a tackle because I was taller. If I was shorter, I'd play D-line, but... Um, Anyways, I had no inherent like offensive line abilities. The feet shuffling was unnatural to me. The having to perfectly predict what the the, the rusher was going to do, uh, predicting like not being completely caught off guard by stunts. Uh, you know, oh, I'm sorry, I went on a little bit of rant. This hasn't been funny, but still. Anyways. I'm just saying, it should, they're all skilled positions. If it wasn't skilled, they wouldn't pay you at least a half a mil to go out there and do it. I don't know. I was going to do it like a what we've been doing segment to talk a little bit what we're doing personally in our current lives. No, currently in our personal lives. But, you know, Dante's not here. I was going to ask him, ask him, have you asked any good deeds lately? Um, And he would have been incredulous by that. He would have taken offense because, you know, he's thin skinned. Unlike me, I got alligator skin. You know, you can say anything about me and you can do anything to my family. You can do anything to my friends and I won't do anything because, you know, I'm strong and I'm thick skinned and thick thighed. Um, 
Anyways, uh, what I've been doing recently is playing a lot of MW3. Uh, I love Call of Duty MW3. It's it's my favorite Call of Duty. I don't know if it's the best one. It's either that or Black Ops 2. I'm not sure. Personally, I like the kill streaks a lot better in MW3. But I think... I feel like the 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 net code or whatever the the ping is always a lot better than the Treyarch games of that era. But maybe that's just completely fucking bullshit. Um, or whatever. I've been playing on the plutonium version of of the MW3 PC, and I've been having a hell of a time. It's just so fun. If you've been a Call of Duty fan or you want to go back and play Modern Warfare 3, I would say it's very fun. But bear in mind, if you're playing the regular Steam version or the Plutonium version, there it's completely populated by about 300 of the sweatiest motherfuckers on this planet. I was going to say in North America, but there's a, there's a lot of if you're playing the non-Plutonium version, it's the regular version straight off Steam. Uh, there's like a lot of Eastern Europeans playing the game still. I don't know why. Um... But anyways, the uh, plutonium. The thing, the reason I downloaded that system, that like that mods the game, is that it adds. It's sort of like the Open MW, like how Open MW is to Morrowind, plutonium is to Modern Warfare Three. In that, technically, it's like it's a completely different, like system. I don't know. I can't really explain because I'm not like a computer type guy, but there's bots. And the bots function sort of like if you're getting into a, a public server, they 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 service as uh, the service like a similar purpose to like Titanfall series bots or the bots in Fortnite. And that, I mean, it's obviously kind of different because I think the bots in Fortnite is to like so you can match with somebody at your skill level and your regular level. So like apparently in Fortnite, you could be like a high level but shitty at the game. So you can't match with any real person because in reality, no one has that. And since you bought the levels with like the dash pass or whatever it's called, you have to be matched with bots because no one in reality has your setup. I don't know how Fortnite works. I paid like two hours for Dante's and I had an okay time with it. But it is a pretty fucking limp-wristed game. Um, and Titanfall, it existed to like just to fill the lobbies, I think. So and this has that same purpose here. There's a lot of there's a lot of bots, but they're not your average Call of Duty bots. They're a lot more difficult. They like the the people who make the bot warfare mod are constantly making it like more difficult, making it more realistic. They can drop shot their their panic knife and they could quick scope. Their aim is impeccable. Like if you put these bots in Modern Warfare three lobbies on the Xbox three sixty in twenty eleven, they would be lights. Light years better than your average MW3 player, in my opinion. They're really good. That being said, they're still worse than the sweaties, than the sweats. So, and there's ways, you know, there's always going to be ways to multiply, to manipulate those sorts of bots because they always have like really odd strategic choices. But once they get you in your sights, they like, they fucking kill you. Um, but anyways. I've been getting a lot of Moabs and stuff. It just it felt like I never really missed a beat. And I've been having some bad couple bad games, but I never I never like go negative anymore because I'm like a lot smarter than I was when I was like a look a fucking thirteen year old playing playing uh Modern Warfare three. It's just it's just it's just been a lot of fun. It felt good to have fun playing video games again. It's been a very long time. Um but yeah. Also, something that's I've been doing is busting my hump making this Patreon content, not just the bonus episodes. But I was been uh, I was working on Carahoga Weekly News all of Monday and Tuesday, and I be, between those I wrote like three thousand words or something like that. Maybe it's not a whole bunch to you, you comedy writers out there, but I don't know. I've been, I've been really trying not trying hard to like make this show good, and I just want stuff to go right because I. To be completely honest with you, this kind of has to go right for me. I don't know. I mean, a year from now, and this is not like I'm not pressuring anyone. This is not some fucking sob story, but I just don't know where I'm going to be a year from now. And partially that is like income 
And I w- I'm just trying to make the Patreon offer as best as possible. And, you know, I'm only one man. I'm one not that talented guy. So I, I got to work hard. And maybe the fruits of my labor will finally, like, you know, they'll, they'll bear themselves months down the line. But right now, um, you know, I just got one patron. Not to shit on that guy. Uh, shout out to the patron. What's his name here? I got to shout him out. I should have shout you out earlier, bro. Uh, let's look here. My one patron is Alec Moses, who paid me seven Australian dollars, which is five dollars American. Pretty cool. So thank you. Thank you, that guy. Thank you, Alec Moses, for being our first patron. We're putting you in the always, very always uh, hall, hall of Awesome. Hall of Awesome. Um, the Hall of, of, of Fame? I don't know what we should say. Hall of Awesome somebody else's bit. So we'll put you in the Hall of Fame, I guess. Yeah. There you go, buddy. Thank you for being a patron. Um, what else was I going to say? Well, yeah, so we got stuff coming out oh, like three times a week on Patreon. If you got a $10 tier, you're getting, you're getting three things. And hopefully, hopefully you enjoy it because this is all I got. This is all I got left creatively to give um, like in a week. So I don't know what more I could do with this audio stuff. But just some random thoughts that I want to get to to round this this podcast out is uh it's just some random sentences that i've had that i throw down that is it's popped up in my head is that i'd rather be a janitor working the public execution circuit in saudi arabia than be a wwe commentator um that's just something i was thinking of because just learning about how shitty vince bench treated michael cole it broke my heart that man was constantly getting shit on made fun of off the screen but while he was on air, he was also yelling in his ear all the time. And it just made me like, fuck. I would, like, kill myself or my boss if I was under those circumstances. Like, how does no one from WWE ever went postal? It seemed like such a shitty place. At times, a very shitty place to work. But, uh, anyways. Maybe he's doing better now. No one's there busting his hump. Um, I also was thinking about... Because I think I mentioned last week on one of the episodes that, like, it wasn't until very recently, like, in the last 10 years or something like that, that, like, the Catholic schools in New Orleans, like, stopped beating the kids, stopped paddling the kids. Because I remember I went to, like, a Catholic school first grade, and, you know, the nuns would hit you up with a ruler, but it wasn't that bad. You know, I, I ate that shit. Um, what hurt more in Catholic school was, was me bringing my PSP to school and the nun taking it. I was like, fuck, I'm trying to play fucking Mega Man Maverick Hunter on fucking here. I love that game. I love the PSP too bad. I just, <sighs> you know, I'll talk about that in the free episode. Cause that's a whole long fucking diatribe I can get on to right now. Um, but I was, I was laughing about the reason why St. Aug banned the paddling is because one guy got hit and he went, uh, and <laughs> he just fucking shot like a fucking bullet bill in his pants of cum because <laughs> he just came so hard. Like they, like the force went through his butt cheeks and like activated his prostate and just shot out. Um, and it's like, no, no, it's 2010. There's more kinks than ever. We're not going to have a generation of 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 students that are that are coming in class wanting to get paddled, it's like ooh, give me another honey, and it's like oh my, yeah, and they had to stop something like that. I don't know, it's some dumb dumb thought I had. Um, I I wrote down here, bullying your mother into not being annoying anymore. It's a very uh, it's a very twelve year old guy sort of thing to think of. So I'm not gonna elaborate on that. So I don't want to relive old bullshit. Um, but I was laughing the other day. It's like going on r slash Chicago and saying, man, y'all city fucking gay. And then like the replies is just like me getting shot 50 times through the computer. I don't know. That that got me. And um, I also 
now that I'm done with that, I want to get to the RIP segment. I'm sorry, I'm getting a text here. Is it from Dante's? The, the, the monster reincarnation happened? Oh no. We had fire drills um, today at the apartment. And I was like, man, how about you fire drill my ass? Um, anyways, we got to play a little song here. So, I just wanted to say R.I.P. Karina Castro. I was on MSN.com, number one source for all types of news. And the, the article was titled, Woman Allegedly Beheaded in California. And she was identified by her father and grandmother. So, uh... I, I don't know what to really say here is that she got uh, beheaded apparently by her uh, by her ex-boyfriend and the father of her that was all the ex-boyfriend was also the father for one year old so now there's a one-year-old child with a headless mother and a piece of shit boyfriend a piece of shit father so you know I can really feel for you on that one because I was personally raised by the headless horseman and it really didn't have uh you know, a two-parent household situation. So, let's peace, my nigga. I mean, Karina. Just, she was an amazing girl. To quote Marty Castro. Um, so yeah. Uh, let's go with the song right out. Or your ex-boyfriend beheading you. Yeah, him too. Yeah. Rest in peace. May you live forever. All right. So with that, we're not in an episode. There's eight minutes left. I'm getting. I'm giving you the hour to make up for last week. Um. I want to bring up. I didn't really get to flush out this idea, but it was news stories characters and urban legends that scared me as a kid and one of the new and it wasn't even as fucking like a little ass kid uh it was throughout my childhood and really throughout my life really was the news story about uh both dry drowning and like amoeba brain eating amoebas being in the water i remember when i was like 10 years old there was some kid here who died in a drown dr- dry drowning incident and i think dr- they described it like he swallowed a bunch of water like he breathed a bunch of water in while he was swimming, but it wasn't enough for him to like realize that he was like choking on it. So when he was done swimming, he just like was walking around with like a bunch of pool water in his lungs, and like he went to sleep that night. And he didn't wake up because it was he wasn't he wasn't getting enough oxygen, and I like it always scared me because I always you know when I was in the pool you know I was a little dirty bastard. I would I would accidentally drink some of the. <laughs> I would drink some of the water, so I'm like, oh my god, I'm going to dry drown. I would, I drink some of the pool water, and uh, uh, it never happened. I didn't, I never dry drowned. Um, I have died before multiple times, but I never dry drowned. Um, uh, the other thing about the amoebas, though, was like a kid died from brain eating amoeba. Uh, from, I think it was also from the pool. Like went up his nose. And the amoeba just went ham on his fucking cerebellum. And, uh, yeah, he fucking died. But it was it, like everyone was like, well, not everyone. I panicked for like a month. I was like, I'm going to take a shower or something. I'm going to go in the water. Something's going to happen. I'm going to get my brain eaten. And then why? Like, this is some major. Like, the news made it seem like it's some fucking horrible, like, imminent danger to us. And everyone I talked to about, like, I was, like, in fourth or fifth grade, was like, yeah, you know, what you, what you going to do? And it's like, not take a shower. I'm not taking a shower. Well, I'll at least put some nose plugs in. I'm not, I'm definitely not going swimming again. And just everyone, like, oh, it's okay. It's okay that this, this brain-eating amoebas on the loose. Y'all over here watching, watching The Walking Dead, playing The Walking Dead video game. Watch, watching Talking Dead. You're watching all these zombie shows, and this like this is how this is how zombies start. The there's some that infects the brain, 
then the amoeba takes over. The other story, I mean, the other part of that story that didn't get mentioned is that after the guy guy's brain eaten by the amoeba, he turned to a Nazi zombie and his parents, through tears, had to use a, a pack of punch ray gun to put him back down. But they didn't want to put that on news because that was too fucking real. Um, but anyways, uh, but like a couple, like five years later, when I was like in high school, another person died of a brain eating amoeba in the shower. In my city, I should say. I mean, this probably happens all across, you know, once or twice every couple of years across the nation. But I'm, I'm, I remember the times it happened here in New Orleans. And I still like, I was like, uh, I don't know. It was like on some local news site that I read it on. And I kept that tab open on my my phone for like six weeks um, while closing it once. <laughs> and I kept refreshing it and refreshing it, thinking, okay, is there ever going to be an update on, you know, did they do a boil, a, a boil water advisory sort of thing? Did Why did this happen? How to prevent this? Never. And at the bottom, we're like, we're, we're looking for updates. And it's like, I guess nothing, I guess, fuck that guy. It's just, you can die that way and no one fucking cares. That was somebody's son who got his brain eaten. And turn it into a Japanese zombies. Um, and he also had his his we well, had his buddies uh, had they had M1911s and they were shooting them sideways at him. And then right before he was about to die, they knifed him simultaneously um, and got the max ammo. And he went down and I'm not trying to go out like that. I'm not trying to go out like that. Um, Characters that scared me as a kid. I was I was scared of any doll type of of horror like doll killer doll that can kill you type of thing so I'm I'm still scared of it kind of so we're not going to talk about that but urban legends that scared me and it's not so much that scared me it confused me I never got bloody mary I never got that <laughs> it seemed pretty I mean it's pretty fun to watch cuz I remember one time uh, I was in middle school and it's like the PE like in, in the gym, the like at the basketball court, you know, you got your four walls and, you know, each wall has an exit like by the corner. But like there's an exit on like the north, like w- let's say the northeast corner. If you're looking at a basketball from like the sideways view, like for the bird's eye view, but sideways and the northeast corner. There's also a, a a girl's bathroom in that same northeast corner. And like while you're shooting a free throw, you can also like kind of see the girl's restroom. Like if they while they like someone's walking out, you can see into it. So I was like practicing my dribbling one day, like in PE and and some they're doing Bloody Mary in the girl's restroom. And all I'm hearing, I'm hearing just the, the just horrible screams. And like a PE teacher, he's like, this is fine. This is fine. I don't care. I'm used to hearing, you know, young women screaming around me. Um, I guess that was his thing. But it was like, why? What's going on? So I get a little co- closer and like they're doing Bloody Mary and stuff. And I asked somebody, what the fuck is Bloody Mary? And it's like, man, you don't fuck with that. You don't fuck with that. I'll be talking about that. And we talk about no Bloody Mary around here. So I'm like, I don't got I still don't get it. So, I mean, Dante's was here. He'd be able to explain it to me. Um. Other thing I didn't get was the chupacabra. No, that's not what I was gonna say. What's the fucking other urban legend? Fuck. There was a time. This wasn't what I was gonna say. But there was a time I was at my grandmother's house in Mishu, and he had a, she had this neighbor two doors down called Carlos, this older Hispanic man, and it was like it was like nine o'clock at night, you know, dark out. Grandmother's like, "Hey, y'all want to see some aliens?" And gets me and my sister. Uh, to go to Carlos's house, and we go into his bathroom, and I go into this tub and look out the window that's like in the sh- like by the shower, and I'm looking in the back. He said, "Yeah, those are some aliens that landed in Carlos's backyard." And well, we're we're just like, why lie to me? All it was, I didn't understand what I was looking at because I was partially tired, and it was dark. But all it was, in my like, it was like a. Like heart panties, like not heart panties, heart underwear and towels on a clothesline. And like it lined up in a certain way that it kind of looked like a UFO. 
I guess. I don't know. It's like shit that would confuse me. Why would you want to trick your kids like that? And they never told me that that was fake. That they were fucking with me. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't talk about stuff like that. Because it's like fucking stupid and I can't explain it well. But I'm a dumb fuck. But I'm a dumb fuck. But I'm a dumb fuck. So that's it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. And check out episode six, the free one. Bye.